We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life. Because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Good morning, everyone. Happy Saturday. This is... This is Sean for W. They actually trusted me with the uh, KFS Twitter account, so hopefully, uh... <laughs> I was going to make a joke, but I'm not going to make it. Um, yeah, and I can see all the likes. I can see all the likes that 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 we've that they've done. So, but we're just going to wait a few minutes to let everyone people pile in. You see the title of the. Space is preseason overreactions. We're going to overreact to the Knicks' two resounding wins against the Pistons on Tuesday night and against the Pacers last night. You know, the central division of the is <laughs> like between those two and the Bulls. Uh, Colonial and Macri might be right. Like, the, the Bucks might win 60. Uh, so we'll just give everyone a few minutes. Also for my co-host as well, Chris Persianen, who, I mean, I'm amazed that anyone in college is up before 11. So uh, we'll wait for him. So just give us a few. Oh, there he is. Maybe if I actually looked at the phone instead of while I was talking, I could see these things. Chris, good morning. Good morning, yo. Listen, I'm up before 11, not for many reasons. But the New York Knicks, 
Now that's one of them. <laughs> that could be one <laughs> of them, man. I was there last night losing my voice at Mr. Obi Toppin. Show stopping, Obi Toppin. And, uh, man, what a game. What a night to be at Madison Square Garden. I love that place. I love considering that place one of my homes. And you can always get me out of bed before 11 a.m. to come on and talk about it. So what's up, everybody, here at KFS Study Hall? Um, we we switched places today. So last week I hosted from the Knicks Film School account. Sean came on from his personal um, because it's like his show. But today we swapped up. So if you go look in the audience, you can see Sean with a W is in the audience looking dapper. You can go throw him a follow if you don't already. I'm your boy KP. You, you guys know me. And we're here to, as the title says, overreact to some preseason basketball. So, Sean, take us away, man. All right. Um, so I took some notes. Um, I actually did not see as much of the Detroit game as I wanted to on Tuesday. So I actually watched it. I actually watched it this morning. I actually have it on. I have the replay on this morning. Um, but wait a minute. You were at the game yesterday. Indeed, I was. I was. I was there too. No God way. We have to. Well, we have to coordinate these. Yeah, <laughs> regular season. We'll figure it out. I yeah, was there. So I was I there actually, with Danny B. Yeah. So I was there yesterday. Uh, so me and said I got season tickets, uh, but my brother got a hookup through his company and got a suite. So I was like, listen. We're going to the suite. Uh, <laughs> so, so I, yeah, so like I was like, I was there. My, my son was there. My wife was there. Like my brother, his family. But yeah, we will definitely coordinate um, that going forward when, you know, we're sitting with the pro, when we're sitting with the proletariat. Because um, I don't think I'll be in the suite all that much this season. But anyway, so yeah, so I was there yesterday. Um, I, and my takeaway is like, first of all, it's preseason. So we're not going to overreact. But because we went 4 0 last year. But, then again, this is Twitter, so we're definitely going to overreact. Um, first takeaway, we have not had someone who can do what JB does, Jalen Brunson, in a long time. Like, someone who can just consistently get into the paint and finish and draw and draw defenses and find people. Like, we have not had that in a while. Like, every point guard that we've had the last couple of years, you know, listen, we know Alec Burks had his limitations, and it's not fair to him. He was putting it, he was that he's not a point guard. Um, we I heard about like, that. I, I heard that if you watch a game a couple of times, though, like if you watch them three times, <laughs> then you switch, then your opinion switches up on that. Like, like when you watch the game two times, you're still just Sean. When you watch it a third time, you become Sean with a capital S, and you're enlightened, and then you realize that Alec Burks is a point guard. So you're almost <laughs> there. You're almost there, buddy. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> two, oh, man. This is going to be a fun season. Yeah, so... <laughs> I, I, yeah, man. I liked what I saw from JB both games. Like, he is going to be an absolute difference maker. And it's a shame that his uh, his acquisition got overshadowed by one the Donovan Mitchell foolishness and two people deciding wait a minute people going out of their way to to paint the Knicks acquiring the point guard of the Western Conference finalists on a market rate contract is a bad thing but I digress uh second thing I noticed um 
it might be time to call it for Cam Reddish. Um, I was very excited looking forward, like him getting a start. I like, you know, I was like, this is his chance. This is his opportunity. And he took a three in the in the beginning of, in the early in the first quarter. Like it was off a rebound. It was, off, it was offensive rebound. He had a top of the key, and you could tell he was like, "I shouldn't shoot this, but you know what? I'm gonna let it go anyway." And he missed, and I was like, ah, "This is this is this is why." Um, I, I we might it might be time to let to to give up hope on the Cam Reddish experiment. It might be time. Uh, next the. There was at one point there was a lineup of Rose, IQ, and Deuce on the floor at the same time, and I'm like, interesting. Um, I will set the over under on how many times we see that happen in regular season at point five, and I'll probably take the under because like I was like, who's at the three? Is it Rose? We know it ain't Deuce, right? So, like I don't think we'll <laughs> yeah, see a lot of Rose yeah. at the three. Um, but it was good to see uh Tibbs experiment with uh experiment with things and see and try things out like again i don't think you'll ever see this get lined up in a regular season if i do i'll be pleasantly surprised but that was interesting to see and the last thing i'll say and then i'll throw it over to you get your real reactions um is the obi and julius conundrum is not tenable and i don't think this can last and i have a hot uh. take based on this but let's just being in the building last night, the energy that Obi brings, the things he does with the ball, the things he does without the ball, the things he's getting better at. He seems to be better at rebounding. Like, this is – Obi is going to force their hand. That's all I'll say. Um, your reactions, Chris, and then after your reactions, we'll open up to the floor. Um, and if anyone wants to come up and share their reactions about the first two games, please raise your hand, come up and speak, we'll let you up. Chris, your thoughts? Man, I can give mine. I kind of want to just respond to yours, though, because they were good. Um, <laughs> regarding Cam Reddish, let's start there. That was your second point, right? It was Cam. Um, yeah, man. <laughs> That's about it. That's all I got. <laughs> like, There's nothing to say about him. He is... All right, all right. When when you start when when you're willing to be honest about Cam Reddish, that's when real productive discourse could start, right? So, when 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 you sit down and talk about Cam Reddish, you have to be objective and say to yourself, he's not good. Like he's not someone who NBA GMs or coaches coaches coming into a game are not game planning for Cam Reddish. They're not telling their players to watch out for him. They have on the scouting report likes to pull up. Like, you know, can force deflections. That's it. Um, the, the guy can be, can. I'm not saying maybe. I'm not saying there's a world. I'm saying he can be really good at basketball. He can be really good at basketball to the point where on a contending team, he is a crucial, integral, and vital eighth man, seventh man, whatever it is, or – He's so good that in a starting lineup, he's the fourth or fifth best player. But because of his athleticism, his length, his three-point shot creation ability, he's actually a fit with that team's starting lineup as like their fifth option. Okay? Cam Reddish can be a really good basketball player. But today, today, he's not. You could say, you know, is he better than Kelly Oubre was when people wanted to sign him to the Knicks? 
<laughs> like, I hated Kelly Oubre. I did not want to sign him. You could argue they're about as good as each other right now. Like, they kind of just score in the flow of the offense. Um, they don't really do much else. They just, you know, open dunks or smooth, pretty layups, and, and that's about it. Like, Cam Reddish can be really good. And I think the people that think that there's no shot he's ever good or whatever, like, okay, yeah, really you're underselling the kid. He can be really good. But he's not good right now. And, you know, for all the people that are like, oh, Tom Thibodeau wants to win. So this and that. Yeah, well, you know, he would play IQ and Obi more if he did. But Cam is not one of those people where it's like, oh, Tibbs wants to win. So he has to play Cam. Like, that's actually the time where I, I think to myself, how does a guy who loves defense so much pick Evan Fournier over Cam Reddish? <laughs> and when you sit and think about it, you figure out why it's just because cam you know berman said it to me on my show and you can kind of get a sense of maybe tim's put that thought in his mind but he said you know cam reddish is kind of like one good play for every four bad ones and i didn't agree i thought cam was better than that but what that did do was give a little insight into how the coaching staff views him and it's not too positively so he came in he worked really hard um and he got into a situation where he he was getting minutes in the preseason. Uh, he's not hijacking the offense, so he gets his participation medal there. But he's not – I don't know. Like, when you're that guy's size, right? Forget, forget his scrawniness. Like, when you're that guy's size and you're as smooth and fluid as he is, like, you would think he would cut to the rim a couple times a game, have an open dunk. Dude, freaking Kelly Oubre Jr. does it all the time. He cuts baseline. Like – I just Cam just seems to be focused on getting out there, getting ten points, three rebounds, and an assist, and, and getting subbed out. And he could say he had a good game, um, dude. Even Danny B. Danny B. is like the nicest man on the planet. <laughs> Danny B. You have to mess up so bad. You have to mess up so bad for Danny B. to be sitting there and be like. Damn it, man. What's this guy doing? Like, if Danny B is telling you you're up to something wrong, you fucked up. Like, I'm just, let's just be real. Let's just be real. That's the nicest guy alive. You messed up if he's telling you you did something. And he was watching Cam. And, I, and he was telling me, he's like, dude, it just looks like he's looking for stats. Like, he's just trying to rack up some stats. I was like, Danny B, I've never heard you talk with such fire before. I, I mean, listen, I like Cam Reddish. I really think he can be a really good player. He's not one today. And if he continues on the trajectory that he's on, he won't be one. He's not in the 10-man rotation as of today. And, you know, people are, are, are finding out why people like John Macri have been saying all summer that they've been hearing Cam's not in the rotation. It's because just because he can make three-pointers that look good doesn't mean that he's good at basketball. He's just – he's got all the tools. They're all there. They're all there. But he's had a couple of years to put them together, and we're still looking at puzzle pieces. So that's yeah. take one for me. Yeah, that's take one. Um, yeah, that yeah, that I'm I'm gonna yeah, that's take one. Go ahead, you keep going. I'm gonna tweet that uh that Danny B quote because you're right. Like if you make Danny B angry, like you have you really fucked up. You did, bro. <laughs> Listen, my second take from last night, and I, I'll respond to your Jalen Brunson point. I, I think it's so nice to watch Jalen Brunson out there just like run the offense i don't know how to put it like you know in 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 football you guys want to go cross sport for a second if you'll bear with me we'll do something topical because it's almost football sunday um it's like running back by committee being your team's solution for several several years 
And then they draft. All right, I'm a Giants fan. Let's go to Jets land for you guys. They draft Brees Hall. And it's like, okay, Brees Hall isn't some world-saving, you know, talent that, like, should have gone number one overall no matter what and whatever, whatever. But Brees Hall is not only good, but he's the best player I've had in this position in so long that I forgot what this position even was. I forgot what players in this position were able to do. You know, it's like you you were running these Mike Davis, Daryl Henderson combo uh, back, you know, backfields for so long that you, you bring in Brees Hall. You're like, holy shit, that's what a good player looks like. You know, I, I just Jalen Brunson has been such a breath of fresh air. Um, his priorities are set as hell, and I love them. His priorities are go get nasty in the paint. If that doesn't work, wiggle yourself open with some muscle. If that doesn't work, kick out. If that doesn't work, throw up a jumper. Like he's just. He's so good at basketball, and I literally think he's like a top. If you ask me right now, I'd be like, yo, he's probably like a top 16 point guard in the league. Like, he's not even some crazy top point guard talent. He's just legitimately good, and he's been such a change. He's been such a breath of fresh air. It's been so refreshing to watch someone who can drive and kick like Derrick Rose, someone who can set up guys in their spots like Emmanuel quickly, someone who unlike either of those guys is like a ballerina in the paint with seven foot defenders hanging over him just spinning and winning as Clyde would say getting all over the defense scoop layups little throw up flick of the wrist like he's he's a joy to watch right and and what's cool about him is that he's genuinely making things easier out there for the other Knicks on the court it's exactly what we wanted to see from him I know it's just preseason basketball but there's two games now where R.J. Barrett has sleptwalked, sleptwalked to 20 points or more with Jalen Brunson at the helm. And it's just giving you a good idea of what this season might look like. Jalen handling the ball, R.J. Barrett, the number one offensive option. Julius, if he's in, roll man, second option. You know, he's down there, maybe a little ISO at the end of the shot clock if you really ran out of time and you're screwed. But other than that, you're just trying to get him involved in the flow of the offense. Then we need a little scoring. Jalen can step up. I just love, love what I saw from Jalen Brunson. And not because I think like, oh, he's way better than I thought. or whatever. Like, nah, he's just, he's doing the thing. <laughs> and he's, that's good because he's good. So we'll take it. No, actually, the, the Brees Hall comparison, you're right. That's a good one. It's like, he's not like, he's not, you know, top five, top he's not Trey's, not Steph, but he's like, he's good. And we just have not had somebody good in a long time. Um, I'm watching now. I'm I'm watching rewatching the uh, preseason last night's game, and I just saw the play where Cam did the pump fake in the corner, got the got the defender off his feet, but then hesitated a second, and then the defender blocked it from behind. I think it was Duarte have to deal with it. So I'm just like, oh, Cam. She like to your point. Cam is good. People who think that Cam sucks. Is that's hyperbolic, but then people who also think that Cam is gonna be, you know, Paul George is like, oh, Tim just has to do, just has to do is play him. And like, nah, like right now, you right to your point. He right now he is not good. Uh, Cedric was telling me yesterday he was like he needs to go to Houston or a team where he can just take as many shots as he wants and fill up the stat sheet, and then he'll look he'll look amazing. I'm like, yeah, he can take all the shots. He can have whatever usage he wants, 
and just do what he wants. But like on a team that's trying to win games, and yes, the Knicks are trying to win games, whether you think that's wise or not, that's another discussion. Um, he's gonna have to do other things, and he's not good at it right now. And he is not in the rotation. Like, unless it's an injury, he's not in the rotation. Um, so here is the hot take that I have. I this is an extremely hot take. Either one of Julius Randle or Obi Toppin will be gone by the trade deadline. Because, again, I do not think this is tenable. Like, just watching what Obi does without the ball, with the ball, the energy, the improvement, the way they chant his name, the way they get hyped when he does anything. Like, if this team is good, like, Tibbs is going to have a decision to make, and if Tibbs is just going to be like, I'm the only going to play him 12 minutes a game, it's going to become a problem, especially if this team – especially if this team struggles. Like, if this team struggles and always playing 12 minutes a game, it's going to be a problem. And like I said, it's an extremely hot take. The chances of me of it happening to me are like 3%. If I was betting this in Vegas, it's probably like plus th- uh, 30 to 1, plus 3,000, but – I do not think that this can last because you cannot, especially if Obi, in his in his short time on the floor, is as effective is very very effective. I don't see how this works. I don't see how this works because you were at the game yesterday, like when there were situations where so there there'll be possession where offense rebound, Jalen's pushing the pace. Um, getting into transition, getting in transition buckets. There's there there are plays where the ball's whipping the ball's whipping around. It's going from JB to RJ to whoever. Like it's just like people just looking around. And then there's a okay, Julius is set up at the elbow. Let's dump it into Julius, and he can do his little back down or his little move or try to go do a little baseline jumper. And it goes in. Everyone's like, okay, that's nice, whatever. But when, meanwhile, when we do anything, when JB does something, when RJ does something, Obi does something, when quickly does something, it's, it's the energy is just different. This is not tenable. And knowing what we know about our star player and um, our best player and how things can bother him. I just don't know how this is sustainable. I don't. I don't. I don't. Especially if Obi gets better, because something's got to give. Yeah, I mean, listen, man. I sat down. I don't know if you saw it. I sat down before preseason game one, and I. Everyone always tells me they say, you know, Chris, you're an ass. You think you're so smart. Um, you coach the team yourself. If you're going to criticize Tom Thibodeau. You coach the team yourself. You should coach the team. This and this. Oh, why don't you do the rotation? I was like, okay, bet. I will. I'll give it a shot. I don't get paid to do it. I'm not supposed to be good at it. I'll give it a shot. So I sat down, and I built out an entire 48-minute rotation for the New York Knickerbockers. And I gave quickly and top in 20 minutes each. Now, quickly, to do that, I had to give Rose only 16. So let's, let's be realistic and say that's not happening. Maybe they both play 18, right? But... Um, Toppin, man. 20 for him, I was able to do. I was able to squeeze in 20 minutes for Obi Toppin. And what it required doing was playing Julius starter minutes, but just a couple less than than Jalen and RJ. Like, 
He played a little more than Mitch and Grimes, but but a little less than Jalen or RJ. And, and it worked out where Obi got 20 minutes a game. So, listen, Julius, you're hoping, you know, what what, what was it? Last night, right before the second half, or, yeah, right, right before the end of the first half, rather, he had two points and three assists, like very quiet. He decided it was Julius' time. We had a lead. He hijacked the shit out of the offense. He turned it up. Then he had 10 points. Like, those are the little moments where it's like, I hope the other starters give us the lead for us to play with and Julius can get some stats off so that other teams are like, hey, he did he did 24, 10, and 7 and a win. Meanwhile, he had like 10, 3, and 2, not in garbage time. But if he could be gone by November and December, that would be on track. Like, Everyone knows I love Obi Toppin. I've been fighting for Obi Toppin to play more since he was standing in the corner for 10 minutes a game. I've been fighting for Obi to play more since he was getting 16 minutes. Like, I'm just all, I, I, we need more Obi on this on the court. Um, and basically, part of my plan with Randall, because, you know, I don't hate Randall. I just didn't want to dump him for nothing, but I also didn't want to keep him long term. Like, if he can be gone by November, December, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's let's find someone out there. You know, maybe the Los Angeles Clippers decide that uh, they can make a push for the title. They're going to put together this bad boy team of John Wall, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Julius Randle, and, and, uh, and Zubac or whatever their plan is. And, and are they, they, you know, some team gets Randle to buy coming off the bench as the sixth man of the year. And we we get him out for returning contracts that add up and a protected first round pick, two second round picks and a young player. This front office doesn't want the young player. So like just give me a protected first. Give me something we could use in, in, as ammo in another trade and then feature the hell out of Obi. Because the thing with featuring Obi is that you don't need to put the ball in his hands. Like everyone's always like, oh, but Obi can't do what Julius does. Okay. That's that's okay. He's allowed to play a different style of basketball. Like now we got Jalen and RJ. They can create Obi can feast, right? There are play creators and play finishers. I think Randall is a play finisher. I think Randall thinks he's a play creator. I think Obi knows he's a play finisher. So that's a lot of the reason why people love Obi so much too, is because he's really honest about who he is. He's not out there when he makes a couple threes trying to, you know pump fake this and that and you know step back like he's just plays his game man and and he's fun as hell so you know that, that that's what i would say about that is let's let julius rock and you know just try to bear with him until he's gone and if it's november december and he's still on the team and leon rose like puts out a statement where it's like you know we're excited to see Jalen, rj and julius fight to get in the playoffs and they're like trying to sneak him into the messaging as being like a core member of the team okay then we can raise some some concern but as of right now i, I think they might just be painting him as uh not being a pig that they then have to put lipstick on as instead just like being all right so they could trade him out that, that, that that's my read on that i, I like your take um i think one of them is gone by the trade deadline i think it's randall uh if we're sitting here at the trade deadline and they're both still here, I would be confused. I would be confused. I, I would. That, that has to be asset mismanagement at a certain point when you use a pick that's as high as number eight on Obi Toppin, who they had number three on their big board that year. So that's why they took Obi at eight, even though they had Randall, because it was, it was a steal for them. But then it's, it's three years later, they haven't done anything to address the the 
logjam. So uh, you could say it's a self-created logjam by their head coach too because I know 29 of their head coaches would have given those guys five minutes together before writing them off. So we'll see. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, quick break to tell you about Factor. Factor makes it easy to eat clean 24-7 with fresh, never-frozen, prepared meals that are so delicious you wouldn't believe they're actually good for you. Factor saves you time by delivering chef-crafted meals to your doorstep, eliminating the hassle of grocery shopping and meal prep. Not to mention cleanup. No dishes to wash here. Each Factor meal arrives pre-prepared and ready to eat in two minutes. That's even faster than ordering in. Factor tackles the tough stuff so I don't have to. Their registered dietitians and expert chefs work hand-in-hand to create meals with nutritious ingredients. And with 29 meal options each week, I'm never bored. Going off script for this next part to tell you just how convenient and delicious I've found Factor. My to-do list is usually never-ending. I rarely have time for meal prep. When Factor sent me a box to test out, I chose the extra protein option. They sent me a week's worth of meals, and I had no idea just how convenient this was going to be. Each meal comes pre-prepared. You just put it in the microwave for two minutes, wait another two minutes for it to cool down, and boom, in four minutes, my meal is ready, and it's delicious as well. Last night while I was editing this podcast, I heated up the pork shepherd's pie with white cheddar Yukon mash and roasted green beans. Not only was the prep time non-existent, but I was able to get a lunch break in and still get the podcast out for all of you to hear without taking a significant break. 
They have plenty of other meal options as well. There's vegan and veggie meals, keto, low calorie options, cold pressure juices, smoothies, energy bites, plant-based bars, extra protein, the one I chose, veggie sides, and more to keep you fueled and focused all day long. Don't hesitate. Head to go.factor75.com slash filmschool130 and use promo code filmschool130 to get $130 off across six boxes. That's filmschool130 at go.factor75.com slash filmschool130 for $130 off. If anyone has anything they want to say or anything they want to push back on, please raise your hand. Please request to speak and we'll bring you up. Um, we, me and Chris don't, don't want to just talk to each other for an hour. Um, although it would be fun. Well, we do. On, well, we, we do. do. Not on, but we'd like to, well, we could just do that on the phone. Exactly. Uh, there it is. But, um, yeah, like, to, to the point you made up about, like, you know, he, like, he hop, him hijacking the offense. Like, you can just see it just like, he's like, yeah, this looks good. But wait, it's my turn now. It's like, you can't just enjoy it, like, us playing good basketball that doesn't involve you. It's like, no, 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 no. I, I'm still here. Now, to be, now, listen, to be fair, I look at this like, I know people like, you know, ship them out tomorrow, da, da, da. I, I am, I am, as I've gotten older, I am more conscious of like, you know, players are human beings and they have lives and they have things. And like, and, you know, like Julius is a father and he has, you know, two children. Um, one of them. I I don't know how old Kaiden is. I think he's like five. He's like five. Yeah. Yeah. So like, if you, it's one thing that like you know, it's one thing to say you know, send Jewish to Sacramento. It's like, well, if you send Jewish to Sacramento, you're sending Kendra to Sacramento. You're sending Kaiden to Sacramento, and then, then it's like, all right, now I have to go find a new school, or I'm gonna you know, and just uproot your lives, right? Like like my son, he's six. He like we've moved around a lot, and he's been in. He was in like a couple days. He's been in like five different daycares, right? Because we moved around so much. So I feel from from that human perspective, I'm not. It's saying, tough. Like, move they is also, tough. I'll play devil's advocate and say that's part of why they get paid the money they do is to help deal with that stuff and, and help facilitate that, it. That's true. That's true. Um, but at the same time, like I said, I just don't see this working. Like I do not. Un- I do not see how in for 82 games this dynamic of your quote-unquote star player power forward who has had one good season out of three um, and still play heavy minutes above the guy you took eighth in the draft three years ago who every time he's on the court just does things well. And my son is... (laughs) That's my son in the background because the Obi dunk, the Obi dunk, the Obi dunk just happened in the background. He's, he's like, "Yo, Obi, stop it!" But um, yeah, man, let's like, go. I, I just, I <laughs> you raise it right. Hold yeah. on, you raise it right. Hold yeah, on. listen, man, listen, man. I now nah, what I do need to do is to stop making noise because I told him I'm hosting a Twitter space. But um, you want to let Brent up? You want to let yeah? Brent let's up let, let's let Brent can up. Go, and you can go on mute for a minute. Yeah, I can go on. Yeah, I'll just go on mute. But yeah, I don't think this is sustainable. I don't think it's sustainable. Brent is connecting. I feel you. And Twitter oh. always does this. He'll be up. Don't worry. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Twitter, Twitter always does this. They always try to silence the people. Brett is here now, though. What's good, man? Talk to us. Good morning, bro. What you got? Oh, uh, man. I was really pretty much really trying to listen to what he was saying. He brought up a lot of good points about Julius and the whole Obi situation. 
And like, I'm more optimistic than most people, but it it does look like it's not heading to the right direction. Simply because of the fact that like, their skill sets are just too, they're different enough, but especially if always going to start hitting threes the way he is, like he's just looking like a better overall player and just the way he fits with the young guys. So it's just looking like a real messy situation. Yeah, I feel you, man. Listen, <laughs> it's not easy. Uh, and talk about that's why the players get the money they do. That's why Leon Rose gets the money he does. That's why he's making eight million U.S. dollars a year is to make decisions like this, right? Uh, the thing is, he's kind of put himself in this situation, right? He hired Tom Thibodeau. Tom Thibodeau won't play his draft pick with his back signing. Uh, listen, man. Listen, I say it a lot. I say it a lot. If you want to be a total jerk and be the opposite of everything I stand for for one second and view these players instead of as human beings, you know, just to be like, all right, well, I got to be a GM. I got to view them as assets for a second. GMs talk all the time about how that's the hardest part of their job is separating the human from the the contract, the trade value. Uh If you want to just look at the trade value for two seconds and feel like a little bit of a jerk, feel like a GM for two seconds – if I was Leon Rose and I invested the eighth pick, the twenty-fifth pick, the twenty-fifth pick, uh, one hundred thirty million dollars, RJ Barrett, like you know what I'm saying? Like if I invested all these draft picks, all these contracts into these players, and they were all getting misutilized, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I invested in a stock, and now the CEO is going smoking blunts on Joe Rogan. It's just like, all right. Not bad, but, like, not optimal, not great. You know, you're kind of messing with my bread right now. Like, you playing with my pockets a little bit, right? Like, <laughs> listen, Leon Rose knows what his players are worth. Brock Oller, def- oh, hold on. Can I say really quickly, if y'all promise not to tell that I saw Brock Oller last night and he, like, shouted out Nick's film school? All right, listen, um, don't share that anywhere, please. <laughs> anyway. your, your, your secret is safe with us. Listen. These guys are hired for a reason, and they've got some tough choices to make. I, I think they created a lot of them for themselves. So for me, the mercy is kind of gone. Like for me, if they mess up the Julius Obi situation, I'm not gonna be like, oh, that's that was so tough on Leon Rose. Like we 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 established that we got that out of the way. We also established that he put himself in that situation by drafting that player, signing that player, and hiring that coach. So yeah, you know, you know, like it's it's tough, man. Brent, though, what do you think about before we let you go? I want I want I want to know what you thought about that Ob dunk yesterday because we haven't. I, I just just talk to me about that Ob dunk, man. I just want to bask in its glory for like eight seconds here. It's like when it comes to Ob dunks now, I'm not even impressed by just the feet. It's just the his spatial awareness is crazy when you really think about it because he always gets them off. He I can't even. He just pulls this out in games. Like, it's not even, like, a fast break. Nobody's around. Freaking uh, – I can't even describe it, man. Like, was just, like, like was, he's a special it, level of spatial awareness and just and body control. different types of athleticism. Like, he, it's not just a dunker. Yes, bro. His, 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 you see it. Oh, man. His body control at six foot nine is ludicrously functional. Like, when you look at the way when he has the ball in his hands from the corner and he drives to the rim and you watch him bend and contort through and around defenders on and, and near the baseline to make his way to the rim, you think to yourself, like, 
that's a cool play when six foot four Derrick Rose does it. That's that's really cool when when Jalen Brunson does it at six one. This guy's six foot nine, bended like an acrobat to dunk over four yeah. people. I like, think uh, Sam brought it up like that hot yoga classes they must be working because he just looking to compare to his rookie season he does look a lot more. Yeah, like, bro. Stiff. Johnny Bryant. So Prez and I, Prez from the Strickland and I. And he's the one who put me on to hot yoga being, like, a really good thing for basketball players. So, you know, forget – I wouldn't even say and I because he really put me on to all of that. So Prez, just Prez, was talking a lot before the draft with Obi Toppin about how whoever drafts him needs to get him in hot yoga. And we drafted him, and he was like, we need to get him in hot yoga. And lo and behold, this offseason, Johnny Bryant, Emmanuel quickly and Obi Toppin going on some some mandates to hot yoga places all over, getting some work in, working on their hip flexors. Where like you just we have a smart coaching staff. Like isn't that crazy? Isn't it crazy that someone on Twitter says something smart and instead of us being like, huh? They should do that. <laughs> like, and David Fisdale just like sits there, just screams about data. Uh, we have coaches that are like actually obsessed with making our players better. I don't know. I, I love it. Hey man, we just got to start watching the games. If we start watching the games, I feel like we'll be able to be better. Three informed. times. Three times. You yeah, gotta watch it three times. Two or three times minimum. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thanks for having me up, guys. Who's not enough? Three. Brent. Thank you, man. Thank we'll you, Brent. You. Uh, Jay. Uh, Jay had requested. I think he went back down. If you want to come up and speak, just request. We'll bring you up. And there was someone else that requested, but then went back, then, then they left. But, yeah, don't be afraid. If you have any questions, feel free, or you have any takes you want to get off about the preseason, uh, you know, request. We'll speak. You know, I'll give a That's few That's what we're out. here for. We're here to yeah. overreact to two games of preseason. If you acknowledge it, it's not bad. If you That's don't true. acknowledge it, eh, <laughs> eh. But we we came out and said it. We here we here to talk about two games of preseason. It's two yeah. games of preseason. Whatever you saw, whatever it's worth, it happened. So let's talk about it. Something that I thought was a little funky was how it seems like Tibbs would start Mark Berman before he starts IQ if a couple guys are out. Um, I just you know maybe he likes him off the bench, but that was funny to me, Jay. You are up on stage, my man. Welcome in to Study Hall. Go ahead, unmute yourself in that bottom left. Give us what you got, bro. Yeah. What's good? And, good morning. And before you go, Jay, after Jay, we're going to go to Sean, and we're going to go to the one and the only, Kevin Danishevsky. So you guys just hold tight. We'll get to all of you. But, Jay, the floor is yours. All right. Thank you, guys. I was having some technical difficulties, but thank you. No problem, man. We're glad to have you. Good morning, boss. What's going on? Not much, man. I think this is the first time in a long time I actually saw a different offense that, like, modern NBA <laughs> NBA players were are running. And, like, being a Giants fan and being a Knicks fan, both of those things happening at the same time is making me very happy. Me too, man. <laughs> Bless yourself. Um, but, yeah, I, I like how Jalen Brunson is is fitting with the team. He's not trying to overbear, but he's basically refu- He's basically saying, I'm not going to let this team lose as long as I'm on the floor. And he does it with how he commands the offense. He does it with how he, you know, keeps the offense moving. Sometimes it's stagnant, but it's not for a lack of trying. Um, and so, you know, being a Knicks fan and like you mentioned, you know, it kind of looking like, you know, it's going to be a, um, you know, R.J. Barrett, Jalen Brunson and you know if you know Julius is still there him being kind of sort of like a third option I love that 
Um, like you guys said, I'm a little mixy on Julius Randle sometimes where it's like my whole mindset with the Knicks and just being a Knicks fan and a basketball fan, it's like I want to win games, right? So if the mindset is, okay, let's go to the playoffs and make the playoffs, if you're telling me your worst player <laughs> on the team is going to give you 20 points and 10 rebounds, obviously we don't like the way he does it and sometimes it's not pretty. I mean, I can live with that. Now, you know, the whole trade options and, you know, yes, Julius is a human and also I agree with you too. You know, you want to, you know, separate those two things. Um, but if I'm trading him, I want someone that can fit um, and can still give a scoring punch off the bench. So I don't want to, you know, trade, you know, have OB as a starter, but not really have anyone that can give us at least close to like 11, 12 points per game off bench if need be. Uh, oh, there's a guy out there that is available that could easily give us 11 points off the bench at that power four position. And he's currently unsigned. I will let you figure out who he is. I know Chris already knows. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The funny thing is, <laughs> I was thinking of, I don't, I'm not thinking of anyone, so you can let me know. I would like to know. Three he's to the dome, sir. A, he's a former Nick. He's a three to the dome. Oh, Carmelo Anthony. So here's the thing with Carmelo. Do I want him on the team like a Disney movie, Mighty Ducks type of thing? Yes. That that would be WWE as hell if we brought back that. But the thing is, is that, you know, is Melo going to play the way that we need him to play per se? Because he's not a traditional power forward, but yes, he's at that age now where he can play that spot. Is, are we going to get Portland Trailblazers? He kind of has to play that spot. Yeah, I mean, like, is he going to play, like, half of, like, Portland Trailblazer mellow? Or is he going to play, like, Laker mellow? And that's the yeah. whole thing here. Listen, man, they were interested in, in bringing him back if they acquired Mitchell and, and had the spot on the team. Uh, it was no secret. Uh, it it kind of was in the sense that no one outwardly was like, the Knicks are bringing back Carmelo, but it was going to happen. And basically... Um, you know, the fact that he had that meeting with, with everyone there, like, it's just, yeah. Uh, but, but it, it, you know, the Mitchell trade didn't happen. They've been, Leon has wanted to bring back Carmelo since he got hired, uh, but only if the circumstances are right. And that means the Knicks are competitive. They're a guaranteed playoff roster that is in need of a veteran presence off the bench because of a lack of depth due to dumping all of it in a trade for a star. Like, they had the perfect scenario lined up to get Melo, um, but they didn't get Donovan Mitchell. So Melo didn't come, and that's all right with me. I uh, I want him back on the team pretty badly, but not on this kind of team, on a, an actual good one. Like, I don't know. This roster right now, you ask me how many wins I think, like, an average NBA coach could get with it, I would say 42, 43. A good NBA coach, maybe 46, right? Um so... I'm not exactly running to get Carmelo on this specific roster. Understood. And and I said, Mike, I agree to that sentiment. I, I, I guess I'm a little more bullish on this team because I was, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a mixture of both type of, you know, fan and, you know, observer of the game. I'm a little bit of an eye test person, right? Now the Knicks are not out here running some reinvention of the wheel here on offense, but it is more fluid than I've seen in a long time. They do do this Nixian thing sometimes where they're playing really well and then they somehow forget how to play defense. But 
the one thing, if they hang their hat on the defensive side, which it looks like they're doing again, because the last time they did it, they made the playoffs. I think you can get a little higher than that. I think you can get closer to like 46, 48 wins. Um, you know, grant, it, grant, 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 granted, everyone staying healthy, obviously. Granted, everyone staying healthy and, and things of that nature. Um, but I, I really do like this team. I think it's the right type of young people. You know, we've, because I think a lot of times, I think you probably have said it or any of you guys, you know, that watch this game amazingly, you guys do an amazing job. You know, there's, we know the difference between young just for the sake of being young and young and talented. And we know like RJ is young and talented. OB is young and talented. Quickly is young and talented, right? Um, and so their ceiling still is semi-undefined. We kind of know what type of players they kind of sort of be. But they can still be you know, as great as they want to be, right? And and that's a reason why I'm kind of bullish. If I knew they were going to be kind of in-cap-ish type players where you're like, okay, this is probably the most of where they're going to go, kind of like a, like the Kings, if you will. You know what I mean? Like a team, oh, look, they're young, but they're not going to do do much. You know what I mean? Or like the Grizzlies where they have Ja, who's like a superstar, and everyone else who's like, okay, they have their own defined roles already. Um, so... You know, if I think Tibbs can get a little more out of them. Uh, sometimes I love him, sometimes I hate him, but I think he can he can tap back in. Um, and I think Jalen's going to help with that a little bit. But I thank you guys for, for having me up. Don't want to take up too much time. No, thank you, thank you. Appreciate we appreciate it. Um, and yeah, like you know, I, I I think we're all a little bullish on the Knicks this season on a, on a team. It'll just be to your point. Like, what can the head coach do, and how can he manage it? And if he's going to put his principles and you know above everything and die on the hill of I need 48 minutes of rim protection at all times like all right well you know this is like this is your last job in this league most likely unfortunately so it's your choice um, I, I need to get seats I, I you know I, I, not that I can afford them so let me rephrase that I need Madison Square Garden to give me seats behind the Knicks bench for one game what just one I want to see how many times he tries subbing in Taj before he re- he remembers for that <laughs> night that he's in Washington. I just just one game, man. Just one game. Let me in. Let me behind the bench and let me just you know let me see Mitch screw up on defense. I just want to hear just one Taj. You know, like just just one, just one. Get in here. You know, like just, just one. Just let me hear one fly. One game. One game.